0: This just coming in now, this is from uh, the Globe and Mail, uh, Alexander Posatsky who's been doing some great reporting on what's going on in the Rogers family saga in our last segment. Uh, Christine Dobby, my wife, who's with the Toronto Star, talking about some of the things that she's uncovered in the reporting. Uh, this is just out now, Brad Shaw, the chief executive of Shaw Communications, which... Uh, by the way, the Shaw family owns a controlling interest, has the controlling interest in Chorus, which is the company that owns this radio station, just by way of disclosure. Brad Shaw, the chief executive of Shaw Communications, says that company remains committed to its merger with Shaw, uh, Rogers Communications and that the boardroom rift going on at Rogers is, is, quote, a family and a board matter. That that deal is worth $20 billion or $26 billion if you factor in uh... Shaw's debt it's a huge huge deal and there's a lot of people wondering is it in jeopardy now because of what's going on at Rogers and and from a a larger point of view what is going on with these family controlled businesses that stride across the Canadian dominion and to talk more about that Dimitri Anastakis joins me a professor at Rotman School of Management uh welcome Dimitri
1: Great to be here I uh, can,
0: can you just give me your headline your 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 uh, top line reaction to what's going on at Rogers?
1: Well, you know, I got to say, it's kind of bonkers. And if anybody thinks the Canadian business is boring, they haven't been paying attention because you've got uh, not just a boardroom drama, but you've got uh, almost a soap opera level type of family feud going on here that includes uh, pocket dialing disclosures, uh, fights amongst families, and, you know, one of Canada's uh, wealthiest, most powerful a clan that runs a telecommunications empire that is, uh, in a lot of people's lives, uh, going at it hammer and tongs and uh, uh, ratcheting it up. It's really kind of fascinating to watch and uh, has a lot of implications for how uh, business is in Canada and how telecommunications may be run in the future uh, with the Shah deal.
0: Tell me about the implications that you see for business.
1: Well, uh, you know, one of the first things that you think about is, I mean, in, in, the, in the scope of the immediate family and uh, the business of Rogers, you've got a situation where Edward uh, Edward uh, Rogers is really not just doubling down, but tripling down in his effort to kind of assert his vision over the company. Uh, his willingness to try to oust the CEO in the middle of uh, this huge deal is uh, pretty extraordinary. I, I got to say, it kind of it uh, calls into question a little bit of his judgment. Why now? Why is Edwards so committed to doing this? Why is he committed now to getting rid of the independent directors? Uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting dynamic. But uh, if you step back and you think about as uh, the question of family businesses, You've got a situation here that is not unusual in Canada, where you've got a family that controls this entity through a special class of voting shares. And then there's all kinds of people in the public uh, who own uh, shares who don't have any real say. And uh, this family feud is going on and it has a direct consequence for shareholders, but more importantly, for for governance. And, and we've seen this all over the place in a lot of Canadian firms. Uh, and, you know, uh, the Shaw family is uh, similar in the way that they uh, had a structure for their own control of Shaw. But it was the same with uh, you know, the Magna with uh, the Stronic family. It's been the sh- same with uh, the Seagram, Seagram's company and uh, the Bronfra family. So there's all these family firms that control these entities that are publicly traded. Uh, Bombardier's another uh, great example with the Bombardier family. And it calls into question this idea of, you know, how are these publicly traded firms actually being controlled? Because in this situation... Uh, Edward controls the trust, which uh, controls all the shares that control the voting of Rogers. Uh, but he just got kicked out of being chair of the board of Rogers. But now he's trying to reassert himself, and uh, it, you know uh, it's an eruption in a lot of ways about. Uh, Rogers but also about the conflict between who controls uh, these companies is it the family yes it seems to be but who within the family controls these and do the governance structures allow for uh, a stable kind of environment most times they are but this is a pretty a compelling example of where a uh, family feud or at least a uh, Disunity over the vision of where Rogers is going really reveals some of the issues around governance, which is why you get all these activist shareholders saying we can't have these uh, family firms uh, 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 being controlled by a trust that isn't responsive to the needs of shareholders in general.
0: Mm. And At this point, we just, we just don't know which way it's going to go. Dimitri, thank you so much for your time and your perspective today. Very much appreciate it.
1: My pleasure.
0: Great to talk to you. That is uh, Dr. Dimitri Anastakis, who is a professor at Rotman School of Management and talking about the reality of Canadian business, which is family-owned with A and B class shares, where the family runs it and the rest of us, the peons, can invest and just sit on the sideline. And at this point, we don't know. Will Edward Rogers be successful in putting his own people on the board and installing his own CEO? Or will his mother and his sisters prevail and push him to the side? It is the juiciest story going on in Canada right now, and it bears watching. And folks, it's not done yet.